Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm great. How are you? Great. We'll get into just great. We just can't even talk. We're I, so excited. Oh, man. It's, it's not even 9 o'clock. For the diehard fans of the show... Well, first, let me welcome everyone to episode 87 of The Long Finish. We've done 87 of these, Catherine. We've done 86, and now starting the 87th. This is going to be a good one. I know it. But for the diehards out there who've been listening from the beginning, we used to rank bedtimes and how challenging they were. We haven't done that in a while. It's not to say that they haven't been hard. It's just that we've surrendered we surrendered. Just, we're just, we know it's going to be what it is. and We've surrendered and the show has evolved, but tonight would be pretty close to a 10, it right? It really would. Because Absolutely. summer is all about water sports. We had our kids in the pool for a good hour and change, and that wears every kid down. And, so, and there was no nap for our three-year-old, which is important because he naps during the week at school. Our three-year-old has started preschool. A new school, which we may get into, but they nap. And that nap basically extends bedtime into just a torturous time for us in the bedroom for like 90 minutes with him, just waiting for him to go to sleep. But on the weekends, it's us, and there is no napping. And it's great. And they're ready to go. And our 15-month-old had just switched to one nap in the middle of the day. So he's tired at bedtime. He is an easy to put to bed and always has been, really. But, yeah, easy breezy. Nice to get a Saturday night to hang with all of you. Hang with all of you. Hang with you, Catherine. We celebrated by enjoying half of a glass of wine during the making of our dinner, which are hamburgers. Gourmet hamburgers, by the way. Very good. Solid. And then we had a Manhattan to continue our celebration. And now we're fully celebrating with a new bottle of wine tonight. A wine that I brought back as a gift to you from New York City, where I was last week. And I'm excited to talk about that adventure. And lean on you for ways to help our audience understand how to shop for wines. But we're talking about a bunch of things. We're going to talk about ways to shop for wines in a wine store that you're not familiar. We're going to talk about things, maybe wine bottles you're thinking about bringing back or celebrating as we move back into the work world post-summer. So a lot of things to discuss. But Catherine, what are we drinking tonight? Well, I had to look this up because I will tell you that this this label in your suitcase got a little... (laughs) Loved. It wasn't this. It wasn't the suitcase. <laughs> I was uh, chilling it. Um, ah. uh, I started to chill it, thinking I was going to drink it in New York, and then I said I'm not going to get to it, so I, I saved it for for California. But the the ice from the lovely Hyatt Hotel had already gotten to the. Well, uh, it's kind of cool because I was surprised. I knew it was a natural wine because you told me it was, but then I saw the label. I'm like, oh, it's just really avant garde natural wine where they're not even listing the. I name. do like the label. I do like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it's not that avant-garde. Um, so this is the Sroner Suto. It's a collaboration. This is the Vino Richard, and it's from Slovakia, Vintage 2020. Delicious. <laughs> and this, to our knowledge, is one of the first, if not the first wine that you remember having from Slovakia. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, I could have tasted at a tasting, um, I've certainly tasted wine, tons of wines from Hungary, wines from the Czech Republic, 
lots from Austria. These are all neighbors of Slovakia. But I can't put my finger on a wine from Slovakia that I've tasted before. Um, Certainly haven't bought one for the shop. So I was really excited to open this and taste it tonight and then had to do just a little crash reading about about Slovakia because I didn't know a ton about the wine there. And there isn't a lot exported to the United States. If you can get your hands on this, go for it. So I'm going to tell you how I got my hands on it. I was back in New York last week for a very, very unusual event. So years ago, I was on a show very popular in America called The Office, where I play John Krasinski's brother. His character name is Jim Halpert. I play one of his two brothers. I play Pete Halpert on the show. And the show, as a lot of you know, is was popular and continues to be very popular in syndication, streaming, et cetera, et cetera. New generations are finding it. So there was the first ever convention held last weekend called DunderCon, just for actors from The Office and fans from The Office. It was in Secaucus, New Jersey, and run by two great gentlemen, Arnold and Jesse, who put this thing together And it was pretty amazing. It was amazing to go and see the fandom for The Office in person. A lot of cosplay, kids dressing up. I mean, just fun to see like father-sons, father-daughters, husband and wife, couples, brothers and sisters. I mean, just all walks of life coming together to celebrate a show that so many people said felt like comfort food for them, whether they're going through something traumatic in their own lives and they use the office as a way to escape or just wanted to fall asleep at night with the office. It was really interesting to hear so many people talk about their relationship to the show. And a couple people talked about how they were going through divorces or or just difficult times in their lives and they use the office as a way to bring positivity into their world. And I, I can't imagine, I mean, I'm a small part of the show. But to hear, you know, the regulars to hear that, I'm sure they hear that a lot. It must be just the most gratifying, rewarding feeling. And all the fans were great. People were so nice. I autographed a bunch of pictures, memorabilia. There were Funko Pops, which are like basically, it's a very culty thing, these things. Funko Pops, I had learned about, uh, that, and I bought some myself that they made for the, uh, the Halbert Brothers and every other character of the show. Got to see a bunch of friends they're who were like on the show. They're like little dolls, right? Yeah, they're a bunch of dolls and signed the boxes for that, got one for my father, and, you know, just great people. See, seeing a bunch of friends, meeting a bunch of the actors from the show that I had not met, seeing some friends I knew from the show. We would have drinks at night or have breakfast in the morning. Very interesting because, you know, we, we were staying in the hotel where also the fans were staying, so we'd kind of go <laughs> go down to have breakfast with them, and then they would be there. They'd be like, oh, hey. And I'd be like, hey, I'll see you in an hour. I'd had dinner with Creed, Bratton, and... Andy Buckley, who are, is, plays David Wallace in, on the show, and everyone's just kind of looking at them, and they're ex- extremely nice guys, but they're like, we're going to see you <laughs> in 45 minutes. So very funny to kind of be in the same exact space um, as the people that we're going to be talking to. Yeah, it's like you're you're seeing behind the curtain. It, it you're is. like all sitting backstage together. Yeah, it, it, the- <laughs> exactly. You're like you're backstage <laughs> behind the curtain, and everyone's there watching you, knowing we're going to put in a magic act on stage in an hour well it's cool that you said also that how multi-generational it was that totally. the fans that that's really special not a lot of shows have that if you go to my instagram at tug coker you know you'll see some pictures with uh you know some people who are younger talking about like 10 years old 10 12 years old dressing up you know as their favorite characters from the office and there's a lot there was a, a, several times where i met kids that were you know 10 12 13 14 
that were maybe some of them were drugged, uh, not drug, dragged. I should say not drugged by their parents, but dragged <laughs> by their parents to to the event. But I think they're also f- enjoyed watching the show. So totally surreal ex- experience. Very very grateful and humbled. I'm a par- I'm a part of a show at all that has a fan base that loves the show that much. So that was cool. Maybe there'll be more, but fun to be a part of the first one. But I was in New York to get to the wine component. To get to this, the main heart of this oh. show. Oh, there wasn't wine served there at Dundercon. I believe there were drinks. Oh. There were drinks. Actually, there were. There was two fans that brought me drinks throughout the day. They're like, "Do you want? What do you want?" And I'm like, "I was like, she's like, I'm drinking VO." I said, "I'll have a VO and ginger ale." And so, yes, there was bars there. There, you could have beers. But there wasn't natural wine from Slovakia. Not to at my knowledge, the n- there was no oh. natural wine from Slovakia, and uh, n- nor uh, was it served at the Hyatt where we stayed in Secaucus, New Jersey. So, But knowing that I was going to Secaucus, New Jersey, I brought some wine from Manhattan over to my hotel room. So I flew in to New York on, it was on Thursday, and you, Catherine and I, for those of you who listen to the show, Catherine may know this, Catherine and I used to live in New York. So I immediately got giddy as I was coming up from Penn Station out into the world and smiling, just excited to be back. And I immediately started laughing even harder, thinking about how my kids would probably die in 30 seconds if they lived there. I don't know how you raise kids. I mean, I'm, I'm jealous of people that can do it. I'm, I'm, I want to learn because it's, like, it's a dream of mine to live in New York City, but I don't know how you do it. I don't know. You have a really tight leash, like literally a leash. It literally is because our three-year-old would be run over by a truck. For sure. So just giddy to be back in New York. Go see a Broadway play that my friend Evan Zess is in called The Kite Runner that night. Have a, have a nice time. See my friends. That's awesome. Yeah, super fun. The next morning I go to the MoMA. I see a Matisse exhibit. Kind of run through that place quickly. New York drama bookshop owned by Lin-Manuel Miranda, Tom, our good friend Tommy Kale. Just kind of getting these like quick hits of uh, Look at you. inspiration. Yeah. And then I go out. To dinner later that night, thanks to our good friend of the show, Jordan Salcedo, it, it helps me out and introduces me to the beverage director at Pasquale Bar, Theo Lieberman, and he we have a great night with my friends uh, Andrew and Susanna, drinking some great champagne, some wine, and I say, okay, before I go to Secaucus, I need a couple of bottles of wine for myself, maybe some friends if we're going to enjoy you know our time together. So I just Yelp for a place, and this is the beauty of New York. You can find a wine store that's open past 9 o'clock. Somewhere in New York, and there's this wine store in Nolita, which is almost in the East Village, called Wine Therapy, and this place was amazing. It's not big, you know. It was it was two rooms, wine from floor to ceiling, but it was all wines that we've talked about on this show, wines that we've talked about at Esther's, and I immediately felt super comfortable with what I was going to look to buy. And this is where I turn to you because you and I talk about how to find wine. I told them that your favorite thing is to go and find the wine with the ugliest label or the wine with the most unknown varietal, and you know to buy that because it's probably going to be good. So I said that. They liked it. But I told them exactly what, I, what we wanted. We like wines that are natural but not funky, you know, funky wines. We want wines that are pretty clean. Natural but clean. Natural but clean, exactly. Yeah. And so there, a couple of times they brought me something, and I was like, I want to make sure this is clean, and they would put it back. And they brought me about four or five selections and I was like, can I drink four or five bottles in two days? <laughs> no. So I, you know, I put the red ones away. And so I ended up with a great Riesling. I photographed it and sent it to you. This unbelievable sparkling Riesling from upstate New York. 
which we'll hopefully talk about another time on this podcast. And then this Chardonnay. The two people that were working there that night, I, I didn't get their names, but they were adamant that these were the two wines to get. And I, it was just a great experience. You know, there was, it was a buzz of people just walking in at 930 at night, walking off, you know, off the street, grab some wines, knowing they're going to go home and have some great wines. Just a really, really cool experience. Like That was as inspirational to me as anything else I did in those two days, just seeing like people come in and being excited to try something new, whether it was a new champagne or, or whatever. So, Well, it sounds like you also had a nice connection with the people that were working there and trusted them, which is such a big deal to have that really quickly with someone, you know, and just be like, I'm going to take your recommendation. That's everything with wine. That's so important. I was talking to a friend yesterday who he proclaimed to be not a wine drinker. And he said there is one wine that he found on a vacation that he really liked. So now he took the picture of it and he keeps that picture. So if he ever goes somewhere, even though he doesn't really drink wine, he says, if you have this, I want to drink that. And I said, well, you know what? That's, that's how you do it. That's so helpful. That's how you start, right? And so when I went into the wine store, I, I basically looked at for the, the wines that you and I have a familiarity with. And I said, look, I like this wine, this one, and this wine. And they could go from there. So That's what I do. That's exactly what to do in a store. If you recognize things you love, I like this, this, this. Show me something new that you think I'll like. Or if you don't have that, have the three pictures of the wines you like on your phone and be like, okay, I really love these. You probably don't, maybe you don't have these, but stuff like this. I think that is exceedingly helpful. I need to do a better job of putting an album together in my phone of wines. I think I have wine bottles scattered throughout my phone. I think, you know, that would help a lot is just having a, an album of yes. wines. Like, look through this and here's find my thing. Here's my greatest hits. Here's my top 10 of things I've loved. It's a great thing to do in a restaurant, in a shop, anywhere. That Riesling they sold me, I, I was ready to share that with anybody, but everyone was so tired from the Saturday because it was such a long day. So the convention center in Secaucus is about 100 yards away from the Hyatt. And you walked there, and the line was already out the door, waiting to get in. And they would start to cheer you as you walked in, except for my character was sort of not nice to the, the main people, so they kind of booed me. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I think, I think I won them over, but they, they started booing. I mean, we're talking about like three to 500 people. There's, there's 5,000 people there on Saturday. I mean, tons wow. of people coming out for the show. So we're exhausted. My point for this story is that, you know, 10 o'clock, Creed actually... A 79-year-old Creed Bratton who's an amazing musician. There's a show at night. And then you're just tuckered and you go home. And I just opened this sparkling Riesling and I texted you immediately saying, this is amazing. This wine's amazing too for a different reason. Like that wine was just like all you want in a nice like easy, not fussy sparkling. And this is sort of a, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how many times you can say there's a gluggable Chardonnay out there, but this feels like it's a total patio pounder chardonnay you know well you could definitely glug it so this is this is the Stroner suto richard that's the name of the wine gotta love it from slovakia 2020 100 chardonnay yeah i wouldn't blind this as chardonnay and i'm gonna tell you we decided to open this wine because you bought it because the story and all this and then i just read about it really quick so we're that's just full disclosure Doing for everybody something different here. tonight yeah know? exactly <laughs> But it's fun for me. Like, this is why I love to shop for wine, yeah. to try something new. But tasting it, I wouldn't blind this as Chardonnay. 
I get the texture. And if I know I'm looking for Chardonnay, I'm like, oh, okay, well, there's apple, there's texture, there's acidity. But really, it just has this sour apple, saltiness, creamy palate, but still zinging acidity. Yeah, for and it's hot right now here. So it does feel like you just want to keep drinking it. I mean, I don't know if I'd say porch pounder, but gluggable for sure. It's so different. I definitely wouldn't blind this at Chardonnay. But I, I, I love the, ex- I, people say a lot of, do you have wines you've never tried? I'm like, there are just a million wines I've never tried. And isn't that so fun? I love, all my thing is to try new things. I love shopping for wine. It'll do exactly what you do and go into a shop and say, I like this, this, and this. What are these things? What are these other things? And I can buy, you know, three wines here. Which one should I get? You know? Part of the fun of the, this particular wine store, Wine Therapy in New York, go check it out if you're in New York City. Can't recommend it highly enough. But because we recognize so many of the wines, you, you already have like a baseline trust with them. So it's like, if I know seven of the wines... I want to buy the, the other three because it's like I already have a familiarity with the, the yeah. rest. You know, you're what I mean? like, okay, I yeah. get who's curating yeah. this. Exactly. I want to sit at the table with them. It's all good. That makes such a huge difference. But if you didn't, if you don't, then you got to whip out the phone. Are, are we taking pictures out there, folks? Are we taking pictures of wines we love or, you know, spirits that we love? I hope you are all. You know, it's funny. I had this conversation. I was listening to a podcast the other day. A lot of you, if you listen to the show, you know I'm a big fan of the band Krungbin that I've been championing for years, and now they're huge. But I was listening to an interview by her, the bassist, Laura Lee, and she was talking about how she journals in an app. I was like, you know what? I want to start journaling. And of course, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't start. But the idea is there, and I think like the photos of things are part of the journaling. You know what I mean? I need to do a better job of journaling and then putting the things together in a day. This is just a note to myself. But I think journaling with the wines that you're drinking for the purposes of the podcast, I think is really, really valuable. So you need to do a better job of that. Hopefully next time we talk, I'll have um, put together an album of things to make it easier so we can go to uh, stores and just show off what we like much easier. I think that's really fun. It is a good idea because I I do rely so much on my memory because I remember a lot of things. Your, ma- your memory is amazing because you'll be like... Do you remember this wine? We had this wine. It was like President's Day. And we were at this East Village restaurant. And you had the like pork tenderloin. And I had like, a, you know, the squab. And I was like, no, I don't remember this at all. I can't remember things I did like last Tuesday, let alone, you know, 11 years ago in New York. But I, the wine is like that for me. I just, I'll, it, it is my journal. I remember the day, the time, who sold it, what it was wearing, all this stuff. What the wine was wearing? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Okay. All right. Back to Slovakia here. Yes. Let's just get a quick hit. And this is just really, this is me. This is what I do. And if you are in a wine store and you want to crash course on a wine, you can do this too. You go to the importer's website, you look for the wine you're looking for, and then you read about it. This is literally what I did about this wine just to learn about it. It's so fun. So it's from Slovakia. This is from the southern part. It is called Yushno Slovensky. That's the area. And it's on the border of Hungary. So this has had a long history of being, was part of Hungary. So like 90% of the towns are Hungarian, Hungarian people. And this was made in Strekov, which is 
a little city just right on the border. And then 30 kilometers north are where the vineyards are in Vajka nad Zikavov. Okay. Beautiful. Oh, well done. Help us. Um, So it's really a collaboration project between Peter Schroner and Zolt Suto. And Zolt Suto has another winery called Streckoff 1075, which is more known. You can see that a lot of places. He makes a lot of wine, very much natural winemaker. And there's tons of natural wine in this area. There's just, that's the vibe. That's the thing. All his wines are unfined, unfiltered, and no sulfur, period. Now, his friend, Peter Schroner, who is 30 kilometers north in the other little village that I mentioned, just started his project in 2020. He only has five hectares. It's really small, and he farms organically and biodynamically. And so he doesn't have a winery. So he drives down to his buddy. He drives down to Streckoff to make wine at his friend's place. And so they, this is like their collab. And this is called the Richard, which I just absolutely love that name for wine. And I don't know why it's called that. I didn't say that on the website, but it's fabulous. And it's 100% Chardonnay. Fermented with native yeast fermentation in open vats, not temperature controlled, nothing added. It's aged in oak for seven months. Obviously, everything neutral, no fining, no filtering, no sulfur, plain and simple. These are staunch natural winemakers. And this area is pretty cool. So Slovakia is really on, there's like a, a basically a wine belt around the globe. You know, if your latitude is too high, you know, it's going to be too cold. If your latitude is too low, it's going to be too warm. And so this is kind of on the northern park part, as is Champagne. So it's cool. It's not that warm. But this is surprising. I mean, I definitely find that it feels ripe and round and juicy like I said, all the apple and maybe some pineapple, tropical, salty at the same time. It's a really vibrant Chardonnay. I have don't remember a wine from Slovakia. And as I said, I do have a really good memory. But this is really memorable. And uh, it makes me want to have more wines from Slovakia. Would you call this wine a pet nut? It's not. Do you feel like it has a little fizz to it? It does. To okay. Me. So that's fine. It just is a wine that has like a little bit of bubble. Do you feel the same thing? It has a spritz, like a yeah, a, it's spritz. A, it, no, I would say not even a spritz. It's like an effervescence. Effervescence, yeah. That's on your tongue, like it just kind of like dances on your tongue a little bit. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, and so this, just for the listeners, this is how you go through wines when you're tasting wines on your Thursday tastings, right? This is the same way you get a little bit of information from the distributor, and you're tasting the wines. You're thinking, this is what I get. Do you think like who who would be into this wine? Do you think? I mean. This is exactly what you asked for. It's a natural wine that is really clean. It's not flawed. It's not overly funky, but it definitely isn't conventional in any way. So I'd say an, any all the natural wine drinkers out there are going to love this wine. All the people who are into something new or want to try a new region, I would not recommend this to staunch Chardonnay lovers. Maybe this is not what you want to try but I would serve this like at a barbecue I feel like this would be awesome with like grilled stuff grilled octopus is really coming to mind but any kind of grilled seafood this would kill I feel like a daytime event like you said 
where the people are wine enthusiasts or adventurous or excited to try different things. This is like a bullseye. Absolutely. Actually, I was thinking like and Mediterranean food too, like all kinds of hummus and tzatziki or things with lots of spice in them. Any kind of anything like Moroccan, like this would be amazing. So we talked about wine pairings for this. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Let's do a little reverse engineering on how you find this wine. So stumble into an amazing wine store to find this in New York. But how would you go about finding this wine if you were trying to find it for yourself or someone else? Do you look to the back of the label? Who imported it and say, how do I do that work? Yeah, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with it. If you're looking for natural wines and you're in a new place, you're going to want to work look for a wine shop that sells natural wines. That's kind of, and it probably should say that on their website, that they have that. Then you get to know importers. This importer, Jenny and Francois, they import a ton of natural wine. So that's a great one to look for. The other thing to do is do exactly what you did and ask for natural wines. But with the caveat, I really like it to be clean and not flawed, not overly funky for funky's sake. So that's a great way to describe what you're looking for. And you want to try something new. I mean, it's kind of rare that you're going to go into a wine shop and they're going to say, yes, I do have a wine from Slovakia. Now, I'd love for our listeners to tell us all the places they can get that. You can in a big city, but it's not common. When you talk about funky wines, what kind of descriptors go with that? I think sometimes funky... Sometimes funky is a way to say non-conventional, but sometimes funky is a way to hide terms that don't sound as nice. You know, I don't even know if I want to say this, but like some wine people will just call wine that smells poopy. You know, they'll (laughs) say like it's... (laughs) It's off-putting. Like, the nose is, like, not It's, like, pleasant. super challenging, right? It is just, like, not... It d- isn't dominated by fruit. Or if it is, it's all sour. It's dominated by, like, too much dank earthiness that uh, you feel like shouldn't be in that, like, pretty white wine. I don't know. I don't know. It's just... They aren't barnyard, you know, like what other things are like that you don't want to say. Now, some funkiness isn't that. Some funkiness is just, you know, a little bit of barnyard. Okay, like great. You know, that that in a, a bunch of different aromas is fine. But when it's like all barnyard and sometimes funky is a way to cover up flaws, you know, Definitely not always, but sometimes it is. And there is a lot of unclean, flawed wine passing as natural wine. There just is. You're still right. You would never... I mean, only the most astute noses would blind this as Chardonnay. I don't even know how you would pull certain descriptors out to find it. But it's a super fun and delicious wine. And part of the fun of going on to a new city and traveling and seeing what's going on in the wine, food and wine world. Very lucky that... I yelped this and figured this, discovered this place. You got two great bottles of wine. I can't wait to go back. I, I will definitely go there. And you can, you can go there. Go to the uh, Wine Therapy on Instagram. Uh, it's in New York. And they ship wines to 45 states. So maybe they ship wine to your state. So feel free to ask them questions. Wow, there you go. Yeah. So check them out. It's a great place. Really, really happy that I discovered it. 
we opened talking about the show The Office. I do want to quickly say people are going back to work as the summer ends. What's a good varietal to go uh, when people have a, a their first week back in the office and there's a Thursday happy hour? What, what are we opening? What's an easy-pleasing varietal to open as a group? Well, I'll just tell you this. The top seller for the last two months at, at Esther's is our happy hour rosé. You really can't beat it. And if you're going back to work in the office, nobody wants to be there quite yet. Still summer. Just bring the happy hour rosé. People will be happy to join you on the terrace for a glass after work on a Thursday. Sounds delicious. Thank you to New York. I mean, that, listen, it's going to be my inspiration when we get there, but you know, I hope everyone going to New York checks out Wine Therapy. I'm going to go into D.C. next month. I'm excited to check out the wine stores in D.C. It's a great way to kind of get to know the city a little bit, but what's possible in the wine world by going to these wine stores and these restaurants. So hope everyone's enjoying traveling. We haven't, uh, we haven't been able to do that as much in the past two years. So probably still riding a high because I had four days away from dealing with three kids and your dad was lucky enough or grateful enough to come in and, and help us so thank you to jeff weil for coming in and helping keep things consistent here while i was out having fun all right now we come to the last portion of the evening which is what has been inspiring us this week Catherine, you want to go first well on that note my inspiration is my dad jeff weil thank you dad for coming out here and helping me for four days with the kids while Tug was away. You were indispensable, helping me with everything I needed and with a can-do attitude and so much patience. And when I asked my dad if he would put the kids to bed one night, he said, well, I don't know how successful I'll be, but you know, I won't yell. I said, I know, dad. He is a kind, kind soul, and it was such a pleasure to be with him. Thanks, Dad. You drank some good beers together, right? Yes, although we shouldn't be saying that because Mom said, don't have any beer. He's on antibiotics. Oh, no. Don't let her know Oh, no, I'll have to edit that out. (laughs) It's not going to make the cut. My inspiration is New York City. It's a city I love more than any other city on earth. It's my favorite city. So happy to be back. I mean, the ability to do the things you can do in one day. I was rereading a play that I loved and saw 10 years ago called Red by John Logan years ago. It's about the life of Mark Rothko, the great artist. And he talks about one of his inspirations being Matisse's The Red Studio. And so I was lucky enough to have The Red Studio be its own exhibit at the MoMA this year. And what was amazing is it's a picture of Matisse's studio. And around 1911, I, I want to say, I'm not exactly sure what year it was, but it's a picture of a studio and all the paintings that he's working on or was recently finished in the studio. And what the exhibit did is they got the, those paintings and they put them in the same room. So you could see the painting of the red studio and then look at the painting that he was drawing and then you could look at the finished painting in the room. Wow. It was such a cool exhibit. Now you and I, Catherine and I have been to Matisse's studio in the south of France. Huge inspiration. And we've been to Russia at the Hermitage where uh, the great collector and, I guess, supporter of so many artists, Shukin, bought tons of Matisse's. So we're lucky to see a lot of great Matisse's. And he brought, they brought a lot of those back. And he, some of these were in the room. And it was just a really cool experience, especially after having read how influential that painting was and how panned that painting was early on. Shukin didn't even like the painting. Did not want to buy it. Critics called it childish, kind of panned it. 
and then all these great artists from the 1950s, Rothko included, were just so inspired by this painting at the MoMA. And that's just a small window into what you could do. And at the same time, you could walk down the street to go to you know New York Drama Bookshop. You could go see some friends, go out to eat, walk, just walk around. And summer in New York, people love to go to the Hamptons during you know during the weekends. But if you're a true New Yorker, you stay in the city and and enjoy the heat, and you can get in any restaurant. It's a little quieter. It's just it was a totally amazing weekend, you know, for me. It was, it was a short trip to me because I was spent half my time in Secaucus, but uh, it was just great to be back in New York and just just sort of had daydreams of like how do I raise my kids in that city and then laughing about it. But it's the best city in the world. I'd love to be back. The last thing I'll say is I was there two and a half years ago to see a friend, Kyle Harris, do a Broadway play called The Inheritance. And I flew in, and I never saw it because the day I flew in, they canceled Broadway because of COVID. They shut down Broadway, so I never saw the show. And then I was quarantined in my hotel for most of that trip in March 2020. I flew back to New York for the first time last week, and I, as I touched down, I got a, a, an Apple News alert saying that monkey pox had <laughs> And I was like, what am I doing? I'm just only traveling when there's, like, outbreaks, so... But amazing, amazing, amazing couple of days on the East Coast. Great to be back in New York and great to find a new wine store and enjoy a new bottle of wine from a new region. So much new things happening in a place where you love. So go out and find yourself a bottle of Slovakian wine. Check out Wine Therapy in New York. Grab a great bottle of Chardonnay and good luck putting your kids back to school. Celebrate Yay. that with a bottle of wine. Yay. Go If you go back to the office, celebrate that with a bottle of wine. And we hope you have... Just a great final few weeks of summer as we head into the start of fall. All right, that's it. That's it for episode 87 of The Long Finish. Thank you to everyone for continuing to listen to the show. If you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to our show, that would mean a lot to us. Catherine, where can they find you in The Long Finish on social media? You can find me at Catherine Weil Coker on Instagram, and you can find The Long Finish at The Long Finish on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. Thanks for listening to the show. We should be back with another episode before Labor Day with another great bottle of wine. It might, it should be some sort of fun porch pounder, maybe yeah. a rosé. Yeah. Last days at the pool. Last days at the pool. So stay tuned for that. Until then, have a great week. Be happy, be healthy, and happy drinking. Ciao.